Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Text Message. I'm Nate Langson. And I'm Ian Morris. And we're also being joined this week by CNET.com's senior editor, Mr. Andrew Hoyle. Good afternoon, both. It's the evening, but that's close enough for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you pedantic bastard. Couldn't yeah. let it go, could he? No, could not. I have a grip on that. Um, now, this week, we are dispensing with our regular format of talking about the news, then talking about um, a discussion. And we're just going to focus this week on the topic that has been tickling all of our inner curiosity sacks, uh, and that is the iPad Pro 9.7-inch. Let's start, though, with an overview Andy, let's start with your overview. Um, in as concise a method as possible, what has been your initial takeaway from your first few days using the iPad Pro? Uh, first off, pretty much the same as the uh, the big Pro. I love it. It's great. It's powerful. I love the keyboard, but I don't really, I don't see any, I don't see any particular difference for me. In terms of use case, yeah. In okay. terms of how, in terms of what I actually do with it, it's 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 great. But it, but for me, the smaller size and the b- bigger performance isn't uh, giving me any different uses for it. And and from your perspective, you're more of a day to day user of the bigger iPad Pro, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I use the big one all the time. Um, I use it. I take it into work. Uh, I use it for media when I'm uh, sort of cooking in the kitchen or in bed at night. Yeah, I use it most days, all the time. And Ian, let's move to you. What's your yeah. takeaway? And and also, can you clarify your pad position? You're more <laughs> of a, a 12-inch Pro user as well, aren't you? Look, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with everything Andy said. I, I, um, I, I adore the 12-inch, and it has become, as, I, as I've said countless times, it has become my my laptop. Um, I, I, don't, I don't, most of the time, unless I'm doing video editing or something like that, I don't need the huge amounts of power that come with most laptops, and I don't need the extra weight and um annoyance so for me the, the 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 big pro has become a huge part of my work um and that's been great and i i love the size and like andy said i will put seinfeld on in the kitchen when i'm cooking and the sound is particularly amazing um so yeah you know it's it, it, it's become a very valuable part of my home you know ecosystem if you will if i can use a horrible business term you may you may now with that in mind what has your then initial impression been uh using the the ipad pro the smaller version for for the last few days well i can absolutely see the purpose of it um because what it's great for is tablety stuff so you know you want to play games games on the pro the bigger pro are they're, they're obviously they're perfectly playable but they're not it games on a big tablet just don't work quite as well but only because of the ergonomics of it now with obviously the smaller one it, that's not a problem you can actually sort of use that tablet for gaming and it's it, it feels more of a natural size um and 
you know, for just sort of lounging around the house, doing that second screen stuff that we all do when we're supposed to be p- focusing on what's happening on TV and a- are actually on Twitter or whatever, um, it's absolutely perfect for that. And it, again, it's it's lighter and it's more compact, so it makes more sense than the larger model for that. Mm-hmm. And also, I've just noticed, and I've just done this, it fits. It's not too heavy to fit on the dock that Apple does gives with it or sells with the iPhone. Um, so you can put it in that little lightning port adapter, and it's you know not too dodgy and overweight. So that's a small advantage. Yeah, well, and my my takeaway is I'm, I come at this from a slightly different angle in that I'm not a daily user of the iPad Pro, the, the bigger one, because my primary use for devices of that size has been confined to the 12 inch MacBook, the thin, fanless model, which I find is better at doing the pro stuff for me than the pro is i like and i was trying to think of a way to describe the difference in multitasking on a device like that and i think i can summarize it in overlapping windows running two apps side by side is not the same as having several apps overlapping each other where you can quickly click onto them and i think that's the biggest difference between using a tablet these days using an apple tablet at least and using an apple laptop like the macbook and as such, I'm more of a fan of the 10-inch iPad universe, and I use it for many of the same things that you've described, but I use it in tandem with the um, with, a, with a laptop for some uses. So for me, my, my takeaway is that it's taken a product that I already liked a lot and improved it in terms of uh, its, its potential, if not its immediate first granted abilities, if you like, to the user they're on. Can you tell I've been talking to a lot of lawyers uh, this week? <laughs> um, so, so let's talk about internal comparisons because this is something that I wanted to um, get to in particular, having both of these units side by side, being able to test things in terms of numbers to allow us to put certain other things into context, which will come to later, like the use in work and, and personal situations, uh, camera quality, video performance, the screen, the, the keyboard, uh, both physical and virtual pencil the pencil in fact rather <laughs> the pencil yeah. uh, and and various other things but let's talk about numbers because this is something that i found to be very interesting when this was announced in that it has less ram than the big model apple may never talks about the amount of memory that it puts into its products it only ever talks about its overall performance its battery life in terms of hours and for, on the one hand it's good because it gives everyone a nice point of comparison that things are generally improved but when you when you dig into the numbers you see that there are quite a, a number of differences between apple's products even when they say they have the same processor in the ipad pro's case the bigger 12 inch model and i'm going to refer to them throughout the show as 12 inch model and 10 inch model just for ease in the 12 inch model it has 4 gig of ram specifically in my testing it has 3.89 gig of ram and in the smaller version the the 10 inch model it has 1.92 gig of RAM. So basically half or double, depending on which way you look at it. (laughs) Now, there were also some reports initially that the smaller version had a a less powerful version of the A9X processor. Now, in my testing, that has been uh, true. It does, but it is by a very small number. Here's the difference. In the bigger version, in the 12-inch version, the A9X runs at 2.24 gigahertz. However, the smaller version runs at 2.23 gigahertz. So that is 0.1 gigahertz difference, um, which is 
very very little you know truly it, insignificant really exactly in 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 testing and in in the real world you will not notice that difference so i'm comfortable in saying that actually the processor runs the same now in terms of graphical power one of the things apple will tell you is that the new version the the 10-inch version has twice the graphical horsepower as the iPad Air 2 and this is where you can really notice some difference in in performance i've been using an app called gfx benchmark and this is this is something that is used to test uh the graphical real world graphical capabilities of the uh, of tablets and i've used it for a number of years through the ipads but they released a version that uses apple's metal framework that's its its technology for um getting really high performance visuals out of the ipad specifically and on the the old version so this is the ipad air 2 i should say it ran a number of tests and rather than me go into the specific details the very high end test the one that was running at the device's full resolution on screen with every possible piece of technology thrown at it the ipad air 2 managed 11.6 frames a second 11.6 on the ipad air 2 on the 10 inch ipad pro the very same test pulled 26.5 frames a second so that's more than double so apple's claim that that the performance on the on the new air on sorry on the new pro the smaller pro is double that of the air is at the least true and at the best an understatement uh, another test this one using um a, a different set of um uh if it was just a different resolution actually it was running at 1080p rather than the device's full resolution um that pulled 17 frames a second 17.7 on the ipad air and 39.5 on the pro 2 so again that was close to to exactly double so i'm i have to say that if gaming or if anything that involves graphical horsepower if that is something that is key to you and it certainly is to me then the Pro will blow the air out of the water in terms of its potential. You might not notice that on day one of buying this because a lot of games were designed to run very well on the Air 2. But in terms of the next generation of games or the kind of performance we can begin to expect, then the iPad Pro is definitely setting a benchmark that I think will be interesting to see how any future model of Air uh, compares. So for you two, does, does graphical horsepower factor into your uh, view of, of which one of these products would be better for you? Andy, how's graph? It, it, it doesn't um, too much, to be honest, because the sort of games I like to play, they're not massively graphic-heavy games. I mean, one of my favourite games I'm playing at the moment is Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, which we've talked about on this podcast before, um, and it's, but it's not something that requires a massive amount of grunt to play. So, I mean, what I want is just... In, I want it to be nippy when I'm doing work tasks, when I'm, when I'm writing, or when I'm looking at photos i mean i don't even do a lot of photo editing um on the ipad because i i do all my my photography through my macbook pro so i just i want a good amount i want i want performance that i never feel like anything's bogging me down but for out and out games i don't play anything too intense but then i guess i am excited for the fact that it has got the capability of playing almost sort of console level level games down the line um hook up a controller prop it up enjoy a night of gaming yeah ian what about you yeah i I mean i would never want to i i think it's certainly important enough for me to give it some serious thought now 
this is all fairly new, isn't it? Because the idea of having to choose a tablet based on its graphical performance is kind of a it's not happened before really um so i'm i'm sort of coming at this like a you know anyone would and well it's important to think about yeah go on it's important to know that when we talk about graphics we often talk about gaming but really what we're talking about is is the gpu which is yeah. which <clears throat> is this which is a technology that is used if you're using for example anything that is rendering stuff in real time so that maybe video rendering you know the ability yeah. to export video quickly will use will use the gpu to encode h264 or, or to at least assist in that uh, rendering um cad designs you know 3d design stuff artwork um that's all stuff that the gpu helps towards anything that's being rendered on screen so it's still important i think for a lot of people even if they don't no, play it about is. games, it, it absolutely is. And um, and again, you know, when it comes to power, I can't understand why you would choose less unless it was a financial consideration. Um, and, and obviously, for some people, that what they want a tablet for is to sit in front of the TV and and sort of you know play a casual game or browse the internet. Um, what I've been using the Pro for, the bigger Pro, um, has been work, and so I've massively benefited from that. And I found myself <clears throat> using task switching and stuff like that. And that all, you know, none of it's particularly GPU heavy. I, as I said, I haven't played a lot of very graphically intense games, but like you say, it all makes a difference. The performance of it, that certainly anything you do um, where you're switching between things, that graphical element makes a difference, and therefore that can slow things down, can't it? If if it's not powerful enough and to be honest i haven't got an air um so i'm kind of coming at this from you know not having had that experience yeah but hey I, I suppose most people will have had an ipad or so i've got a mini which i've never found to be slow so you know no i mean the ipad mini the most recent one is recently reasonably well specced and, and you know for comparison the ipad air 2 um you know its cpu runs at about 1.5 gigahertz so it's it's somewhere around seven to eight hundred megahertz less speedy than than the new pro so you are getting significantly increased performance uh, and certainly in terms of efficiency you're, you're getting a lot out of the a9x because apple's done a lot to increase efficiency and and uh, and, and things and with the pro you have a lot of other features like the uh, a variable refresh rate depending on what you're doing on screen which has a an impact on battery life and performance it basically means the screen can refresh itself more frequently when it needs to consume more power data and battery power um or if you're just reading text it doesn't need to refresh itself as quickly so it can save performance so there are a lot of improvements under the hood like that between the two models even if the power um isn't exactly double on the processor side between the two models i think we've talked enough about about performance um i mean safe to say the initial uh takeaway is that the pro is uh as power efficient or as uh, as powerful if you like as apple is claiming and and it does seem that it's if anything apple is is able to be understating here the uh, the graphical improvements which um definitely seem to be more a significance uh, of more significance than the raw processing power which to me it kind of seems on par with the air at the moment things do seem a little bit uh, snappier to me when using two apps side by side in particular um, but so far, until I, I think the apps currently are being are designed to be so efficient that um, there's nothing that's really taxing the CPU uh, to the extent that the new model gives you a real advantage there. Let's talk about the screen. Now, um, this is something where there's quite a discrepancy between 
the two models. Yes. And, and actually, I'm looking at both now, and it's surprisingly obvious what they're doing. But you explain what it is. Well, and, actually, um, well, let's do it the other way around. Why don't you yeah. explain what visually, what difference you can see in front of yeah. you? Between well, the, so now, you're talking about the, between the big pro and the small yep, pro. Yeah, absolutely. So... um what I'm I'm in a room that's lit by uh, you know a pretty standard light bulb which casts a, a sort of an orangey glow I guess, um, and I'm looking at the big pro and the screen looks quite blue, but I'm looking and I'm looking at the um, the settings menu on both tablets and I'm looking at the the smaller pro and it's a little bit more orange and it feels a lot more natural and it's actually surprising when I looked between the two just how stark the larger model looks in comparison. Um, and that's down to the fact that they've got this very clever tech that analyzes the color in the room and matches the tablet to that um, with the idea that it will um, reduce eye fatigue and, and make for a more pleasant reading experience. Uh, and they say, I mean, we're in the briefing, they told me that it's about, you know, it, it's, it's less jarring. And because screens don't reflect light from the ambient, it's more important than it would be on, say, a Kindle or a book or anything like that. So, you know, it makes some sense. And that's what Apple calls the true tone display, which is not to be confused with night shift mode, which it introduced with iOS 9.3, which is an ability that all the iPads have to look at the the time zone that you're in and the location you're in and make the display warmer if it knows the sun has set, which is an aim at reducing blue light. What you're talking about, Ian, is is the true tone feature, yeah. which which is which will be brought into use regardless of your time zone, but more to do with the light, as you say, in the room. Now, I'm I'm looking at the same feature. And I'm not I've not got the larger Pro with me, but I have got the Air with me, and I'm under a quite a warm lamplight um, beside the the machine I used for recording the podcast, and it's very very clear that on the iPad Air, sorry, the iPad Pro, the small one, the display is has got a much more orange look it it looks like the light from the lamp is has bled into the screen roughly speaking whereas <laughs> on the ipad air 2 it looks like the air is ignoring that light now personally this isn't something i would upgrade for i think this is a very small feature but it is it is a useful one it is a nice one but it but it is categorically not one that i would suggest anyone go out and upgrade for you know, if this is something where a dynamic screen or if you think that this is going to make reading more comfortable than reading on a book, you're wrong. I'm afraid it isn't. But, <laughs> it, but it is going to make it feel a bit closer to that. But it's certainly not going to make this, you know, the ultimate reading device versus either paper or a Kindle or something that that actually does reflect ambient light. Andy, have you um, I mean, you, you're a big fan of obviously of, you know, photography, being a professional photographer amongst other things. So, I mean, does this does this worry? I mean, does a well, dynamic screen colouring not kind of stand against what you need to edit? Yeah, and that's actually what I was going to say. Like, for me, it's actually not a feature that I, I, I welcome um, too much. If I'm reviewing my own photos or you know, the other day when I was showing some shots to potential clients, it was a fe- I made sure that that feature was, was turned off because I want to make sure that the photos look exactly as they're supposed to. And if I'm sat in, in my bedroom, for example, right now, it's, it's got you know a, a, an orangey warm light that's going to be giving the, the screen will be artificially putting this warm color cast on top of my photos. And when I'm looking at other people's shots, 
you're not seeing the shot as they're supposed to be. You're seeing what the iPad kind of wants to show you. So yeah, it's not it's not it's not great in that sense, but it, it is at least easy to turn off. And I do think that yeah, for just for sitting around web browsing or, or reading magazines and stuff, it, it's it's it is marginally more. I, I I do feel it makes it a little bit more comfortable to read. You're not got that harsh white light blasting your retinas to bits. Um, it's a bit more <laughs> a bit more toned down. It's it's ironic, isn't it, that actually in a in a pro environment like you were talking about going out and speaking to a photography client, you switched off a feature introduced with the pro in order to do something pro. Uh, it's it's almost a feature that you would have expected to be introduced on the air and not the pro uh, in that sense. But as you say, it's an easy feature to turn off or on. I mean, I keep it on and I do like it, but it's, um, you know, as we've said, it's, it's probably not a, a reason for the upgrade. The other the other side of the screen that is that is noticeable is um, one of the very stark things, very starkly noticeable things about the iPad Pro, the big one when that first came out, is how present the LCD. So that's the thing that actually, you know, the the pixels of the display, how present and close to the front of the display they felt. Now this is really difficult to describe, but if you can if you can imagine putting your finger on a very thick piece of glass that had a piece of paper underneath it. I'm talking like something like a window where it's, you know, two or three inches thick. You'd be able to very, very clearly see that your skin was not touching the piece of paper. There was a big, thick piece of glass in the way. In the tablet world and in the phone world, the same is true, only we're talking about glass that is a fraction of a millimeter thick. Over the years, that glass has got thinner and thinner, and the screen has got closer and closer to the top of that glass as a result of the different layers of the display, whether it's the touch-sensitive display, whether it's the glass that protects the display, whether it's the, the LCD that physically holds the pixels being moulded together or, or built into the same panel. They've all been basically trying to get that feeling of when you touch a piece of text or a photograph, it feels like your skin is touching the image. Now, on the, on the iPad Pro... It was the first Apple product where it really felt like you were pretty much touching the paper, almost like the glass wasn't there. Not completely gone, but almost as close to being gone as you can imagine it getting. The iPad, the smaller iPad Air, uh, the smaller iPad Pro, God, these names, honestly, this is confusing. I know, it's, <laughs> it's quite difficult, isn't it? But this, I guess, you know, it's, it's a problem most people won't have to deal with. Yeah. Because there's the iPad Pro in two sizes and you pick the one that suits you or the iPad Air, you know, or the iPad Mini. But Well, the iPad Pro smaller, the 10-inch, definitely feels like it has the same closeness to the screen. You know, it feels like the glass really is as thin as it possibly could be in the way that the that the iPad Pro is. And it is definitely closer looking to the surface than the than the Air 2. It is very, very minor, very small. It's so small, if someone said, you are completely wrong, it is identical, I might raise an eyebrow, but I might not say that I'm completely surprised. But I can, from this viewpoint, without taking the whole thing apart, which is damn near impossible, I <laughs> think that the um, at the very least, the smaller Air, the smaller Pro, definitely has that same closeness to the surface which is really important if you want to use the apple pencil because apple wants you to be able to feel like you can write on it you know as a handwriting device and that's really important because you want the nib the very tip of that pencil to feel like it's touching the screen and on the pro models it does 
on the airs it it doesn't to the same extent so i think that's a feature that is not going to necessarily sell ipads but it might be something that once you get used to it you would find noticeable not having in future so not something you would want to downgrade from so again that kind of thing might be something that differentiate differentiates the pro with the air in future we're going to take a very short moment to hear from tom Merritt over at dtns about uh, what's been happening in in his world this week and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about photography and we're going to try and draw something of a conclusion. Tom. Thanks, fellers. I was tempted to say mates, but that sounded pretentious. Hey, this week uh, on Daily Tech News Show, Peter Wells and Christian Sharma talked about the tech they saw in China. Really good conversation. We talked a lot about bots, both with Matt Sharma on Monday and in regards to Microsoft's new bot framework for developers. Turns out bots may be the new app store, folks. We also explored why people pay for free games and whether Reddit handed over data to the U.S. government. All that and more waiting for you at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Back to you, Nate. Thanks very much to Tom there on DTNS. Now, we are going to talk about the camera, which I think is the last, maybe that and speakers, the last two sort of major angles to this um, that we haven't talked about already. Now, the camera on the iPad Pro 10-inch is significantly better than the one on its bigger brother, at least at the moment. It's much higher resolution. It's 12 megapixels versus 8 megapixels. It's got a flash, which the bigger model has not got. It's got a higher resolution front-facing camera. It's basically got the same camera as the iPhone 6S. And from my initial testing, I can't tell any significant difference between the iPhone 6S camera and the one on the 10-inch Pro. Now, I did take, obviously, I've been taking a few sample photographs, and there's one that I'm going to include and put on the blog at natelangston.com slash podcast or textmessage.co.uk. And this was just a photo taken in in very neutral light settings, about 5 p.m. outside of my window in, in my flat. And... The, the difference between the two, to me, it looks like there is a very, 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 very small difference. But the kind of difference that could simply come down to things like where the device decided to focus on. Um, you know, you can, you can generally see that all the, the detail is present in, in both. Nothing looks any more or less blurry uh, close up to the camera, like trees or bushes, versus anything in the distance, which in this example buildings or some more trees welcome to london um you know the brickwork on on the on the the house opposite you know just as easily identifiable on on both i think that we know while i think we would morally not advise anyone buy a 10 inch ipad pro to use as a camera (laughs) in terms of wondering whether you're gonna have pictures that are that that are on par maybe you're taking maybe you're giving a uh one of the cameras to someone when you're on holiday or you're at a wedding and you, you want to create one album and you want them to all have the same look and feel, you are certainly going to get that from using an iPad Pro 10-inch and the iPhone 6S, no question. I don't know if you guys, uh, you two, uh, Ian and Andy, have had a chance to look at the photo I'm talking I about. I have, yes. Uh, could you, would you agree with my analysis there? Is there anything you've noticed in, the, in those, that um, comparison that I have? No, no. I mean, it, yeah, like you say, the, the details are near identical. Um, I, I, I do. I, there, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that iPad one does look a little bit sharper. Um, 
but I again, like you say, that's that's impossible to tell. I'm looking at the the flowers on the tree, the blossom on the tree, and and it looks fractionally sharper to me on the pro on the iPad. Um, but again, like you say, that could be anything. That could be a focusing issue. Yeah, you know, blah blah blah. So um, I don't think there's much of a difference really. Andy, what's your impression? Have you been able to take many pictures with the Pro yet? Uh, no, because I don't bother taking pictures with a tablet because I'm a normal person. Fair um, enough. <laughs> I, it, I agree with that. It's I I th- I don't really know why they've bothered upgrading the camera, other than just to say that they have. Um, the one that was on before was was perfectly sufficient for even if you think as a pro model, if you use it for maybe scanning documents, that sort of thing. The eight megapixel camera that's on the other one is is more than good enough to do that. So I don't really see is it the point. What if you were looking? What about small print? People, people, pro people love small print on text, and small print's a lot easier to to read if you've captured it at four additional megapixels. Well, true, but I think the 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 point with a lot of the scanning things is that it will then take the picture and then convert that into on screen text to edit, so you can do what you want with so. That's mm. rather than read back from the picture. Fair enough, but it's certainly a big improvement from the iPad Air's camera. I mean, that's that's safe to say. Um, and it's uh, you know, so it's it's a nice to have, but it's not a it's not a feature to buy. But do you it, take photos on your tablet? Well, no. But Ian and I came across this argument last week on the show, where there are times where you happen to be using your iPad and you want to capture something quickly. And yeah, having... like it happens with my kids sometimes. Like I'll I'll be they'll be watching TV or whatever, and uh, I'll be I'll I'll have a tablet in front of me or something, and then they'll something will happen that's amusing, and I'll I'll, I'll think, oh, if only I had my phone ready, but I actually have the tablet. Mm. I wasn't but, thinking I mean, of the family not, man. It's not, ri- but honestly, it it isn't something that's. I mean, I'm almost always got my phone on me, mm. um, just for the pit pure fact that that's the thing that you carry everywhere um i'm far more likely to have my phone than my tablet um but you do see a lot of people i see it all the time and it's it's something you see at school events a lot people will just turn up with a blinking tablet to take a photograph and it's annoying but i guess now they can do it with some quality i've not seen that with the 12 inch model though no but that's because the camera's not very good and it's it's enormous (laughs) yeah (laughs) you really wouldn't take photos of that no, well, the the other thing that you may want to do uh, at a gig is capture 4K video, which is also something the iPad Pro is able to do. Now, that to me feels like a slightly more useful tool to have because if you are looking to set, you know, put it on a stand and capture something on video, you've got a much bigger display to monitor yeah. that video when you're capturing it. And again, in my testing... The, the the similarity between the two is, I mean, it's identical to my eye without going into really hyper-detailed analysis. The two cameras are near identical. And I could see this being used. Like I could, I could definitely see myself setting this up, you know, let's say in a, a family environment where I want to, I want to record a video of, of family opening presents, you know, which is something I have done. I might put the iPad Pro up on a top shelf peering down onto the the family and being able to record that in 4k and then use my phone to take still pictures that's something that i think i would actually do and i think yeah. that it's good that it's got the, the technology inside it to to do that and and possibly even to to edit that video on the move um but maybe it's not something that is um sort of a truly universal uh, universally required feature but again a nice to have 
The two small things I wanted to get to before we move on from image quality. One is that I was rather disturbed when uh, when Apple announced the, the the Pro 10 inch that it had the camera bump on the back. And, <laughs> and yeah, that's odd, isn't it? It's odd, but I'll tell you something. It doesn't matter. No, because yeah. it doesn't I, rock. It I tweeted doesn't this. Rock. I don't understand how they've done it. I don't get it. It's it really excited me. I, it was the most exciting thing when I first got it. I don't know how it doesn't rock. It's got a small little bump, but it, it you can lay it flat on a on a on a table. And the phone, the six S and the six S Plus, they do rock. If you press the opposite corner, it will rock ever so slightly back and forward. I'm doing it now, audibly, it's very very slight. I mean, like very slight. It's practically imperceptible. I'm doing it right now, and I can't even hardly I can hardly even see it moving. I, right now, I'm now I'm going to get the iPad and and see if it if it does it, but obviously it won't. It doesn't. It doesn't. So with a slight, but, you know, that's odd because it's bigger. Yeah. You'd have thought it would be more pronounced, yeah. and that's why it bugged me bugged me so much when I first saw it because I thought, well, what's the point in having a pencil and a keyboard that you can lay flat and rot, draw on if it's going to rock backwards and forwards? But it doesn't. And I, can... I wonder if it's because it flexes very slightly. Well, possibly. I wondered I if know. there it's, was... It's interesting, isn't it? I thought I wondered whether there was maybe a slight curve in the body that was just enough to offset the bump from the camera lens. But, possibly. I mean, it, do, it does look as perfectly flat on her back as, as ever. It does. So it it's, does. It's it really bizarre. does. It's very strange. So that's a perk. Um, or rather, <laughs> it's not a downside, as, as I, I was I, I, I worried. <laughs> Now, the, now the last thing I wanted to mention is the sound quality, the speakers. Um, the three of us obviously are, are big into our audio on uh, on here. We've all talked about the fact that we use these devices for uh, for watching television and movies, and certainly podcasts and things like that for me as as well. And and I think the both of you. Now, this is a feature I'm extremely excited about because immediately, immediately you can tell the difference. Immediately, is this a the four speakers, you know, the stereo speakers on either side, is that a reason to upgrade, Andy? Uh, I don't think I'd, it'd be a reason for me to upgrade from the air, but it's definitely a reason that I would choose the if I had a, an older iPad mini and I wanted a bigger iPad, I would go for the Pro over the air. Um, but it's... Because it, it's, it's really important. It means you can actually... You can you can prop it up in the kitchen and it can pump out decent volume on a Netflix show or on a podcast over the sound of your kettle boiling or the frying pan sizzling away. You don't. It have doesn't. To... I have to say though, it doesn't. It doesn't pump out as much as the bigger version. It's not no, as bassy and it's not as loud. It's not. No, but it's still a lot louder than than any other tablet um, and a lot louder than a phone. So mm. it means that for me, I don't have to sync it up to. Um, a Bluetooth speaker, which I've then got to remember to keep charged up. It's great as it is. It's great to put in the uh, in my in my bathroom whilst I'm having a shower, so I can listen to podcasts in the morning. It's which which I mean, this is this is again this is this is the 12 inch as well um, as the as the 10 inch. But it's yeah, whether that is worth you forking out the extra um, if you've already got the iPad Air 2, I would go with no. But it is mm. it would be what I would. It's why I would consider the Pro um, over it, the Air if I didn't have one at all. It does eat considerably additional battery life to have that thing blasting out 100% though for a film. So if you are watching, if you're binge watching Parks and Rec while you pack up your life's belongings two weeks before you move house, which maybe I've been doing, then you might want to sync it to a Bluetooth speaker uh, just to save that, plug it that in, bit mate. on battery life. Or plug it in. 
Ian, would you yeah. plug it in? Would you? I buy... would. I would. I probably would. I've got so many blinking power adapters these days for various devices. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I, I'd if I was going to if if video was something that is like super important to me, I would, which it is. So this actually does apply to me. I would probably go for the larger model because yes, there is that slight advantage on sound, and um, the bigger screen makes it ideal. But they've done some pretty amazing stuff with this you know the smaller version and having that it's more about the way they separate the sound i think i think it's about clarity as much as it is the impressive bass Mm. um because obviously separating the bass and the high and the mid means that you just get that extra clarity in vocals which is a huge deal for tv and film especially film because they they put put the bass out of the lower speakers don't they yes yeah, and, and depending on which way you hold it, in any orientation, the device knows which way it's being held, obviously, um, and it, it adjusts the speakers, and, and bass always comes out of the lower ones, and treble always comes out of the higher ones. So, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a clever idea, um, but, you know, really for, for films and stuff. And, of course, the quality issue is a big one, and people who test the iPad um, for just listening on headphones all comment that actually it sounds really good and that's important as well because obviously if you're out and about uh, if I was working on the train um, I may well have my Spotify uh, synced to the iPad to listen to that while I'm typing um, so yeah it's a, it's important and when I go back to other devices I mean you know Android's got it nailed as well there's plenty of good sounding Android devices it, it, it's so important to me now um, and it's actually amazing how quickly that's come on because a few few years ago phones were horrible for sound yeah well, before we get to a conclusion and compare it to the rest of the market, I want to talk about the two most interesting accessories for this, the pencil and the smart keyboard. Now, Andy, I think you mentioned the smart keyboard earlier as being something you're excited about. Do you want to give a comment on 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 that accessory, whether it's something that you think people should buy with, with, the, with the Pro? Oh. Bearing in mind, by the way, that the bigger Pro has the kind of full keyboard with the numeric strip of... Uh, characters along the top of it on the virtual keyboard whereas the smaller one doesn't yeah um, if you're buying a pro if you're buying the ipad pro at all then yes that you know definitely get the keyboard i think it's extremely comfortable to type on it takes a little bit of adjustment it's it's more akin to typing on a netbook in those good old days of when netbooks were a thing um but it's but it's 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 with, it's certainly the nicest um keyboard accessory that i've used for any ipad before so you know including the third party ones from the likes of whoever and yeah, really I, I actually bought one i bought a, log- a bluetooth logitech one for the air 2 about three weeks before apple announced the pro which i haven't used since <laughs> wah, wah, wah. i know since this <laughs> but but one thing i would say is that the ipad the, the smart keyboard does seem to chew through battery for some reason and i'm it, convinced it's a that's bug. interesting well i haven't noticed that on the bigger one i haven't spent enough time using the smaller one to really have built up a picture weirdly it's the other um, way around for me i noticed it on the bigger one i haven't noticed it as much on the smaller one but it's it's one of the reasons why i'm keeping that logitech bluetooth keyboard around because it's the same size and the keys feel almost the same if anything i almost prefer it with the bonus that it has its own internal battery that lasts for about two months so i'm not i'm personally not sold on that i would buy the separate ones but the one well, problem- I, I, I love those keyboards i think they're absolutely amazing achievements and the same and the same is true of the the surface you know the keyboard on that thing's brilliant as well considering what they're doing in a tiny tiny amount of space 
I'm looking at it now. But obviously, I, prefer, I much prefer the, the larger size. I think for working, I feel like I'm going to struggle a little bit with um, working on this smaller one, whereas with the, the larger one, I've, I've, I've had no problems for typing. Yeah, typing long things, I would always go for the, for the larger one. Um, one t- this is the most nitpicking I could possibly be, but maybe, Ian, you'll agree. The, um, uh, when you fold it into keyboard mode... The magnets that keep um, the iPad, uh, that keep it in standing up, standing upright in keyboard mode, um, are stronger on the smaller iPad than they are on the <laughs> larger one, to the point that I find that when I try to fold it back down to fold it up like a book, um, the magnets are so strong that all I end up doing is just pulling the iPad out. Do you know what? I've done exactly the same thing. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I actually You're right. haven't. So unfortunately, I'm unable to agree with you there. But um, I, yeah, but I, in fact, I hadn't even noticed that until you said it. And I've just tried it. And it seems okay. But I guess that sort of thing could vary from device to device a bit. You, you, you learn to, to pinch the, the part of the keyboard in order to make sure you pull the iPad off. That's so weird. I didn't even put that in the notes. But you're right. It does do that. And the bigger one doesn't. Yeah. How interesting. Stronger magnets. Stronger magnets. Well, again, last thing before we get to the conclusion, the pencil. Apple pencil. Ian, what's Don't your really view? Don't use it, to be honest. Don't use it. No, I mean, it's, it, it's, a, it's a really nice device if you do use it. Like, to play with it, it's wonderful. But it isn't for me. It's for designers and people who are, you know... Or maybe, I mean, I can see me using it for note-taking. And Apple show in the demo, don't they? They show... Um, Good notes, which is about five pounds, but yeah. it, that can translate um, handwriting into text, which is a feature that I very much want. I bought that uh, because uh, Evernote doesn't have that feature natively. Yes, and that's the issue. Nothing really does. I think. I think maybe. I think friends had told me that OneNote might. Yes, um, it certainly does on um, on Windows-based machines. Whether it yeah. does on the Mac app or the Apple app, I don't know. It's very good on, on Surface. I have to say, very good on Surface. Yes. Um, well, I mean, obviously, it's part of the package, isn't it, with uh, with Surface? Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, the problem with the pencil is always that it's a bit of a faff to carry it around, and it's ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it. I think it's a really nice tool, and I think if I was in any way talented as a designer or a, an artist, I would be all over this thing like a rash. Um, but the truth is I have zero talent in that regard, and so therefore it doesn't form a huge part for me. That said, while we've been talking throughout this podcast, I've had it in my hand and I've been playing with it and I've been using it like, you know, instead of a finger because it doesn't leave grease, which is quite nice. It's true. And, and I mean, it, it frustrates me that it, it, it feels like a dumb product in, in as much as it doesn't know how hard I'm squeezing it. It doesn't know that I'm rubbing it which is something that we've got very used to doing. I have an Apple mouse, and it's touch-sensitive. I have the, the, Mac, the, the 12-inch MacBook's uh, touchpad. It has force touch, and it kind of bugs me that the pencil doesn't have force touch or any of these advanced ways of, of, of navigating. I mean, it's a very... The, you know, pencil, the pencil right now feels like a, like a digital product, whereas it could so easily be more analog with the, the ability to, to squeeze and to, and to stroke, you know as you're using it or even to use it as an alternative for a mouse i mean i could really see something like that replacing a mouse for for many uses but that maybe is is a little bit further down the line a bit too pro let's wrap up let's conclude and i specifically want to conclude about where this sits in the market how it compares to android tablets is it better than some of them all of them none of them 
and also to Windows. Apple obviously wants to try and tempt people away from Windows. Is this product going to succeed there? Andy? Um, I would conclude by saying that the yes, it's the best tablet. It's certainly better than Android tablets. I'm yet to find an Android tablet that I particularly like, if I'm honest. I'm scratching. I, I, well, I mean, I, the Samsung um, tablets tend to be very good. I haven't actually had one for a long time. Um, That's what I they, had. They're about this. Yes, the Tab S was lovely, um, and there's a Tab S too, but they haven't really they haven't pushed that. They, I've certainly not been asked to if I'd be interested in reviewing it. I'm sure I could ask for one, um, but I think that's the best of all of the Android tablets I've ever used. Um, I had a I have a friend um, who bought the Google Pixel job a jig um and uh, returned it because it just wasn't good enough yeah right? which which is a huge issue for android really but i mean maybe maybe there's just not the excitement about android tablets they're very good what, when they're good what about on the windows side then what about compared to surface or the surface book i mean i've got a surface book here at the moment and it definitely feels it feels much more like the surface book is closer to a laptop that's because it is a laptop it is it is a laptop that's the thing uh, uh, like th- i got a load of grief for not mentioning things like the uh, surface pro and the surface book in my uh, review of the ipad pro the larger one um but the the ultimate r- conclusion is that those are pcs they are pc components built around the pc paradigm if i can flick immediately enough to another bullshit term um but that what what tablets offer and this is true of android tablets and the ipad pros and you know obviously the other ipads is that these this is a new ecosystem it's a new way of doing things isn't it it's um ultra lightweight apps that are targeted for low power and you know to some extent slightly less performance although that's becoming less true all the time um you know the ipads and the android tablets are the only devices that actually change the way you work and of course some things are a compromise as a result of that but they're the only things that have rethought computing since we had laptops really yes i mean i certainly wouldn't replace an ipad with a surface book but i could see myself replacing a pc with a surface book but i would yeah, always absolutely. have a surface book and a tablet what i wouldn't do is have a surface book and a 12 inch ipad pro but i could definitely have a surface book and a 10 inch ipad pro because i would use them in very very different ways that's right because you, you're never going to use it i mean a surface book as as beautiful as it is and as much as i love that product i suspect that absolutely no one who's bought one ever takes it off the keyboard really because it's too big to use as a tablet it doesn't work in that environment um whereas that's not the case with the ipad because obviously it is a tablet and also it's a lot easier to detach it from any keyboard you might have and of course it doesn't come with a keyboard so you might opt not to have one at all um again if you the surface pro is probably a slightly better comparison isn't it really because it is it's more of this model of things that attach very easily and are removable without any sort of pressing of a button. But it's still a lot bigger than the 10-inch iPad Pro, and it still has yeah. fans in it. Well, and, exactly. And while and it has a fan, to me, it feels like it's it's now a stopgap. You know, future it's products of this. It's a laptop. Yeah. It when Microsoft laptop. killed RT, that was their big... I mean, I'm not going to say it was a mistake, because I don't think RT did what it needed to do. But Windows RT... The idea of that was that it would give you some portability that, and then this is something that Apple hasn't quite nailed yet. Um, it give, it, but it would give you some portability between proper Windows and a, a lightweight, low power consumption tablet. 
Um, and it had the RT line been more successful, it, it could have really been a huge deal. But obviously people said, no, Adam, on that, I need a desktop, which of course they don't. But Microsoft wasn't far enough down that whole Windows 10 app architecture thing for it to support it. If it had been, and if apps ran on both but slightly differently, then we might be having a different conversation. So I think it's safe to say here that the iPad then, based on our conversation at least, the iPad Pro in its current incarnation is offering a hell of a lot more than any current Android product, but is too different to the Windows competition, particularly from Microsoft, the Surface Book and the Surface Pro, to be considered a direct comparison. It, they're not rivaling them in the same way. I think that's basically what I'm saying. And I also, okay. yeah. uh, I also think that Apple just is slightly better with the accessories. I mean, I know they're expensive, and that is an issue. It's difficult to judge um, a product based on its accessories, but, but I agree. I mean, we've, we've not discounted, we, we have discounted in this conversation at least, the fact that people may be moving from an existing PC ecosystem where all of the software they've bought and the peripherals they've bought will plug in very nicely to something like the Surface Book or can work with the Surface. The iPad is more designed to be a kind of standalone, it does everything, everything's in it sort of product than than maybe the Windows comparison is. But Andy, I'm going to give you the last word on, on this in terms of the Windows comparison, in terms of where it sits in the market, in terms of whether someone should buy the 10-inch Pro or Air or the Big Pro, you get the last word. Um, what do you want no me to... No pressure. Okay. Oh, this is a big moment. Uh, before I do um, give any final conclusion, I do want to address the, the for me, the elephant in the room, um, not you, Nate, um, is the fact that the iPad, te- uh, the Pro 10-inch, has uh, 256 gig of storage. Which we haven't, yes. which we haven't mentioned. That's Actually, that's huge. a good point because that was well. That, Nate, you said that was a huge deal for you as well, didn't you? It's a massive deal for me. It, it's a huge deal because I have a very large photo library, and I hate the fact that I don't have to. I, I am not able to comfortably always have all of my photos and videos on the iPad at any one time. To the extent that I moved all the videos out of my photo library and put them into Google Photos, so that I could have all my photos locally and all my videos in the cloud. Now I don't have to worry about that, and that's exciting. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the true of the new Pro, the, the 12-inch Pro as well. There is a 256 model introduced with this that you can buy, but it's unlikely oh, that okay. we'll... There is as well, but not on the Air. You know, it's still a very pro, it's a premium top-end yeah. feature. But well, I agree. It adds quite a lot of money, doesn't it, really, as well? It's a, it's a premium, but again, if you're buying a product like this, and particularly if you're buying it from a pro standpoint or on a you know, pro Amex corporate expense account, then, you know, that's the kind of thing that's worth worth having. Well, actually, it, it probably is worth, ha- before Andy has his final word, it probably is just worth um, <laughs> saying that actually pricing-wise, it is both products, but the, the large one and the small one are both quite expensive when you've finished getting the spec you want. And if you go for the LTE one with the maximum storage, which I would suggest is the only way to do it, really, because it's wonderful having 4G. Um, you have spent quite a lot of money, and that does mean you could have bought a, a, a you could have bought a MacBook or a Windows PC or even a you know getting up to f- a nicely specced Air if you wanted one. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I I mean, yes, they are. They're not. No one, nobody buys an Apple product because they they're they're affordable. People buy them because <laughs> because they're good. Um, well, and- although the SE is. 
good well, and affordable. Yes, I mean, it's more it is, affordable. But then there are also Android phones that cost £150 less that are still True. very, very good indeed. Well, the, the Xiaomi uh, Mi 5, which is brilliant and costs yeah. virtually nothing. But, you know, the iPad, you know, even the 10-inch Pro starts at 499 You know, that's with 32 gig of storage. You know, that's a decent price, and it's 399 for the smaller one. You know, given all the features that are inside it, you know, if this is if you're buying this instead of buying a laptop, it's still very competitively priced, I think. And and this the two fifty six model is seven hundred and thirty nine pounds, which yeah. again quite a premium. Yes, when you when you if you just factor in the fact that you're buying additional storage and it's costing you you know two hundred quid for the, for the privilege. Um, but in terms of what you get in the in the the whole package, I, I do think it's very competitively priced as a laptop alternative um, well also people don't buy laptops a lot of people my my parents have no interest and have never owned a laptop they have a desktop which doesn't get a lot of use but their day-to-day device for email and web browsing are ipads yeah same same for my parents and andy yeah. since, since we have the same parents <laughs> um well andy this much anticipated long overdue last word is now <laughs> dangling provocatively <laughs> Uh, with, it better be good. It within be grappling good. reach of, of of your sweaty fingers. So, and I know they're sweaty because mine are. And again, we're shot from the same gun barrel. So, <laughs> here's... <laughs> okay. Oh my god! Right, the Apple iPad Pro 10 inch is the iPad to go for out of all of them. That is the one to buy. It is also the only one to buy if you want any tablet over an Android tablet and, for me, over the Surface. That conclusive words there. Was it conclusive enough? Yeah. Do you want me to, want yeah, me to do really that again? Good. No, that was consumer level. That was consumer advice grade final wordage. Well done. I would also agree with that, the sentiment, with the exception of if you are the sort of person that is only buying a product to browse the web and sit on a sofa, i.e. the parent example, as we've described, then I don't think you need the Pro. I also don't necessarily even think you need the Air 2. But if you are buying an Apple product for that specific use, then I would still go for the Air rather than the Pro because you won't use any of the Pro features necessarily other than maybe the storage. But other than that, I would agree. And for me, you know, the 10-inch the, the Pro is, is the one that I would be using. I can't see myself using the 12-inch outside of the home, but I'll still be very happy having it perched next to my bed um, or in my new kitchen, such is the time whenever that is that I move into it, and having that there as a, as a, as a companion. But my daily work and personal life companion will remain a 10-inch model. And um, I'm very excited about the features. Ian, well, do you think you'll keep using uh, the 12-inch for work? Yes, probably because I just feel like I need the extra size. I'm going to try. I've, I've, I've an open mind. It hasn't come up yet, so I need to probably try that and see if I can get on. But having balanced the 10-inch on my lap um, and tried to use the keyboard, I, I don't think it's it's not laptop enough for me. No. So um, as much as I can see the many, many advantages of this machine, I think the bigger one wins. And I did say to Nate, actually... They probably need one in between. <laughs> so I know, I know that's a ridiculous thing to say, but just the, the, the big one is a little bit too big and the small one is a little bit too small. Uh, an intermediate one would really suit me down to the ground. The 11 will be the sweet spot for you. 
I, I think it might be. Whereas for some people, a nine-inch actually might be a much nicer sweet spot. <laughs> this could go on and on. Until we get flexible models, indeed. Well, uh, thank you to Andy for joining us uh, from CNET.com to talk about this. Andy, what's your Twitters? Where should people find you? You can go to at BatteryHQ on Twitter to find me, and I really think you should. Excellent. And CNET, Agreed. CNET.com. For all for- of your owl information... Plenty of owl stuff going on this week. Yes, I've been stroking and filming Absolutely owls. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Andy, do you want to give a very brief example of the video that you shot this week? Uh, yes, I, I filmed a video to decide which is better, um, an owl or a DJI drone. Um, I won't give anything away, but suffice to say the owl won. Oh, wait, that's, <laughs> that's given everything away. That, yeah, I, but I mean, how could an owl not win? I, know, I strongly, right? strongly recommend anybody who is interested in this. In fact, all human beings alive, <laughs> uh, just Google CNET owl drone and find the video that that comes up because uh, it's it's a very entertaining two minutes of, of uh, existence uh, there for you. Well, uh, we'll be back in another week with a regular show. And uh, in the meantime, keep your eyes on our Twitters for anything iPad-related. Uh, or rather, if you want to ask us anything iPad-related, put them on the Twitters. I'm at Nate Langson. Ian is at IanMorris78. And uh, we'll get to your emails and everything next week. Until then, I'm going to go away now. <laughs> Amazing. What an outro. <laughs> And I love the way you gave Andy the last word and then proceeded to have a whole set of your own last words. <laughs> yes, it was, the, it was the last word before we got to mine. <laughs> Ian, want to get any of that in yourself before? No, it's absolutely fine. I don't need a last word. I had plenty of intermediate words. You did, yeah. I mean, it, 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 the proof's in the edit. You know, the, Absolutely. The, the, and and I, I mean, I'll have the final word there as well. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.